Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Friday, October the 13th. And our top story today is that more than 80 families from London are set to be moved into an 11-storey former office block in Chatham. A private housing association has confirmed tenants could arrive at Anchorage House on the high street as early as the start of next week. Now, the high-rise building has been completely refurbished and converted into self-contained homes. But you may remember back in the day, it was home of the local county court. Well, lots of you have been commenting on this story online today. Let's get some reaction from Neil Charlick. He's the man behind Gillingham Street Angels which works with thousands of people in or facing poverty across Medway. I I think the local services, voluntary sector, everyone's under pressure as it is. So bringing 80 families into Medway is is madness. You can't get a doctor's appointment just for that as one. You know, the call of the police, the fire brigade, ambulances, everybody, everybody's under pressure. Why would we put ourselves under more pressure? Why is it, why are they allowed to do this? We've heard that there is a housing crisis and obviously authorities look elsewhere to, to put people who could otherwise end up on the streets. What do you think would be a solution? Because I guess some might say, well, you know, the building is stood there not doing anything. Why not? But as you argued, the strain on on resources in that area. What do you think should be done? I mean, we feed 18,000 families uh, a month. So if you bring another, you know, 81 families, then I'm going to be feeding those as well, because they're obviously people who are struggling. So they're going to look to local voluntary sector services. They're going to, with everything, the hospital, everybody's under pressure in Medway. I mean, we've all got our problems. We've got a lot of homeless. We've got a lot of people who need help in Medway. You know, let's look, let's look after ourselves first. I mean, it's great that people want to be housed. And I know different councils deal with things in different ways. But it's not a dumping ground. Don't just dump everyone on us and let us pick up the pieces. You know, we've got our own our own problems in Medway. And I'm sure you hear, don't you, regularly from those people who are perhaps facing homelessness and, and are maybe on council waiting lists. Yeah, I mean, my my land, I rent a property. My property myself has gone up about £400 in, in the last couple of months. So we've looked around thinking the landlord, you know, might be taking the Michael. So we've looked around. E- everywhere's gone up. A normal family can't afford to rent. I need a three-bedroom house. So a three-bedroom house is now twelve to £1,400 a month. That's just not... That's just not possible for people to pay that kind of money. All these interest rates are going up. These landlords are making it more, you know, harder and harder. It's not the landlords, it's central government, but they're making it harder and harder. People are struggling. I think somewhere along the line, something's got to give. Obviously, these people are going to be moving in as early as next week. Um, There is a lot of strong feeling um, against this. We've seen the comments on Kent Online today. Are you a bit worried about perhaps the atmosphere it could create within that local community? I've got two premises very close to that property. Um, where I'm sitting now, that's why I'm wearing my apron in the cafe that's very close. And we've got the old Argos store, which is a large shop. So, I mean, that kind of benefits us because they're going to need stuff and they're going to come in and buy stuff. And that's kind of us being a bit selfish about it. But what what worries me is it just puts more pressure on. I mean, those people know if you come to an area, you're going to look out for local services. You've got a lot. I think the voluntary sector in Medway is amazing. I think there's some amazing people doing stuff out there. We work with a lot of these organisations. And they are all stretched. We all talk to each other on a regular basis. That's my concern. The voluntary sector is already picking up a lot of pieces for people out there. And there's only so much any of us can cope with. I think what I'm worried about is it's going to put more pressure on all of these services when these people turn up. You know, have they got any other issues? Is there other issues, you know, domestic violence, animals, special needs, you know, poverty, all these things. And there's some amazing charities that deal with all this stuff in Medway. 
but they're already struggling to deal with the people of Medway, let alone then have to take on London's problems. So there's going to be, you know, is there any financial incentive? Are these people who are shipping them down? Are they going to, you know, donate money to local charities? Are they going to do something with the council? Have they sat down with the council? I've read read your story and by looks at both sides, good to see politicians actually agreeing on something for once, but they both... Um, both said the same thing. It's not It's not a great idea. It's not a good idea for Medway. Unfortunately, we weren't able to speak to the Medway Council leader today, but we will bring you any further reaction as soon as we get it. And of course, you can leave a comment on the story itself or on our socials. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you today and details have emerged of how a woman died from a serious kidney infection while in custody at Tunbridge Police Station. 43-year-old mum of four, Deborah Padley, was discovered unresponsive in her cell in July 2021. She'd been arrested following a domestic disturbance and apparently told officers she didn't need any medication. A 10-day inquest is underway. The government's being urged to step in and help with a shortage of GPs in Sittingbourne, Faversham and Sheppey. The area has one of the lowest patient-to-GP ratios in the country, with each doctor looking after more than 2,500 people. Wale Borough Council have decided to write to ministers asking for more support. Now we've got an update on a story we brought to you earlier in the week about the Orchard Theatre in Dartford. It's going to have to close for about a year so £7 million of repairs can be carried out after potentially dangerous concrete was found in the roof. Well there were serious concerns as to how that would affect the town centre especially at Christmas when the popular panto takes place. Well the council have now confirmed a temporary venue is going to be built so the festive show can go ahead. The performance space will have 1,000 seats and our colleagues at KMTV have been speaking to council leader Jeremy Kite. Well what we're really creating is a fully fledged theatre. It's temporary so from the outside it won't have all the attractive features of a full building but once you're through the main door and inside the whole thing inside will be a full theatre experience so it's got really comfortable seats. There's a thousand seater capacity. The stage is exactly as you'd expect it to be. All the backstage areas we have a bar, we have toilets, all the things you'd expect in a theatre is just wrapped up in a portable package that's all to get something like this off the ground so quickly it must have taken a lot of preparation so how long had you had something like this in the pipeline well the day that the orchard theatre uh, we were told we had to shut the orchard theatre was a pretty bad day but i can tell you the first thing in the following morning is when we started because i was absolutely determined that the orchard theatre was not going to end on this point and uh, i know the town were a little skeptical and i'm sure i'm sure some councils might have taken a different decision indeed some councils might not have had the finances to take a different decision but what we have decided to do is to keep the orchard open we want to repair it get it back servicing the people of Dartford again. So you're right, it's been a very long process, but we started the very day we found we had to close the orchard. And they were the first conversations about what do we need to do to get the shows to continue. And talking about the funding, how much is it going to cost and where's that money going to be coming from? Because you've already got £7 million dedicated to fixing the Orchard Theatre. Well, no one is pretending this is a cheap exercise. I mean, the, the judgment that we have to make, and by the way, by the time a, a decision gets to a leader of a council, it's normally because everyone else has tried to solve it. So not all the decisions I face are easy ones, but the simple choice we had was whether we have a theatre in the town or whether we don't. 
So the £7 million is coming from our uh, capital balances. We have enough money to do that. We're a well-run authority and we're well-funded, so we have the money to do that. Um, the £1.5 million that this is costing uh, is coming from a special uh, projects reserve. We'll, we have the money directly, and again, as a well-funded council, we have that. Um, but the truth of the matter is the cost of closing for a year would have been greater than that. So for us, it was a bit of a no-brainer. And on top of that, you've got to think about all the local businesses. We were looking at ways of supporting local businesses through a year's closure and those sums were pretty huge too so and we wanted to do that so this is actually a better solution it keeps the orchard running it keeps the shows running it gets the staff of the orchard employed for the period that was the other thing we didn't want to see layoffs of people it gets the panto back it gets the revenue flowing it gives Dartford the cultural heart that we believe it deserves and it keeps everything going so although one and a half million pounds is an awful lot of money uh, actually for, for what we're getting, it's pretty reasonable. Kent Online reports. Some crime news for you next, and you can follow Kent Online on socials to see a man police are hunting following a burglary in Harrietsham. Jewellery was reportedly stolen from the house near Ashford Road last month. Investigators want anyone who recognises him to contact their appeal line. An intruder has broken into a newly refurbished charity on Sheppey, wrecking a staff room and even defecating in the garden. Age UK in Trinity Road in Sheerness has had to close its outdoor space to elderly people. Police say an investigation is underway. A man's due in court to enter a plea later after being charged with people smuggling offences. The 49-year-old lorry driver from Romania is accused of being part of a crime group who moved asylum seekers between the UK and France. He's also suspected of money laundering. Now, next on the podcast today, we can hear from the dad of a little girl from Tunbridge who was born with an incredibly rare genetic condition and even doctors admit they don't know how she'll develop as she grows up. April Ells was diagnosed with a chromosomal disorder when she was just a few days old. It means the five-year-old is currently unable to walk, communicate or feed herself. Well, her dad, Chris, has been telling us more about it. So she has something called a mosaic 18q deletion. It's not the fanciest name it's a bit weird but um effectively um not to give you a full science lesson but we are born with 23 pairs of chromosomes um half from our mother and half from our father and uh for some reason when april was uh, conceived and those cells were multiplying at some point one of those cells just simply didn't copy all the data over as it should um, so it, it's not, not nothing, nothing that came from myself, nothing that came from, um, Soph, April's mother. So it's just, um, it was just a complete fluke thing that happened. Um, and so that one cell, um, on her 18th chromosome just didn't fully form. Not all the information was copied over. And so she was left with all the cells that end up duplicating off of that one ended up missing a bit of data, whereas some of the cells that were already duplicated that had all the data obviously just went off to form themselves perfectly. Um, and that that's what why it's called mosaic is because those cells that are missing that little meaning missing piece is so sporadic that um there's no way of uh, knowing exactly where those where those cells are. They're just they're just in her body somewhere. But obviously it means that she's missing quite a bit of the information that makes her and so uh and so her development is well it's it's very different 
So there are some other children that have chromosome deficiencies. Some of those are in the 18th chromosome, just like April. But um, the, the cells that are affected can be completely different. And so therefore her development is going to be completely different from what another child that might have an 18th chromosome um, abnormally would be. So, yeah, there's no no real knowing of April's future, no real knowing of how how she's going to develop. But um, we just take it day by day, really, with her. Um, and so she's got um, what is called severe de global development de developmental delay. So global developmental delay. Um, and uh, there's lots of other little things that come with it. But I suppose she is almost five, a few days away from being five. But she is uh, she is effectively a baby. So she um, she can't can just about if we balance her correctly, she can sit up by herself. Um, but it'll only last, you know, a, a matter of seconds before she falls over. She can't crawl um, or, or obviously she can't walk. She can't stand. She can't feed herself. Um, so. Uh, so, yeah, it, 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 it's difficult. But um, as I said, there's not really a, a fine line or a, a detail as to what her condition is it just she's missing some bits of her dna effectively and um and we'll just have to see what that what that happens no doctor can necessarily tell us what's going to happen to her as she gets older april has now been given a bike after local charities carried out a fundraiser and it's hoped it will build up the muscles in her legs so she can eventually walk it might just be a bike but to us it was you know it's it's a, a bit of freedom for april that she can't have a, a tiny little bit of normality that um, you know, we can go out as a family and, you know, walk around the, the park or whatever, and she can be on her bike. And it's just something that I think certainly as the years have gone on and we've seen April's um, development is so limited that, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's something that we never really thought would be able to happen. But, um, but yeah, they've given us that, that ability to, to do that. And uh, it's great not just for us, but for Riley, who gets to, you know, go out on her bike with her sister and, and uh, our, yeah, our extended family who all get to see her smiling. And it, yeah, it's, it's great. It really is. Uh, it means, it means the world to us. Thank you so much to Chris for sharing April's story. Kent Online reports. A medical student from Chatham may not be able to finish her studies after being convicted of drink driving. Elma Roman was over the limit when she was involved in a crash at the bottom of Fort Pitt Hill in August. All members of the British Medical Association have to undergo a criminal background check. The 20-year-old who lives in student halls in Wandsworth has had to disclose the information to her tutors. Kent Wildlife Trust say cattle grazing in woodland near Canterbury have been left scared following a dog attack. The Dexter cattle were reportedly targeted by a large black dog at Hunstead Woods on Wednesday. Rural police were called and the charity says it's happened so many times they can no longer graze sheep in the area. There are calls to improve the public toilets at Botany Bay in Thanet and have them open all year round. The council have received complaints about the facilities which are often closed or broken. In a letter to one resident, bosses have promised to upgrade the block. Now there's a weather warning for heavy rain in force across Kent at the moment. Forecasters say torrential downpours and strong winds could affect travel and maybe even cause some 
flooding. The alert is in force until 8 this evening. And finally, Cheryl Baker's revealed how an experience when she gave birth inspired her to support a Medway baby loss charity. The singer was contacted by David and Joe Ward after they set up Abigail's footsteps in memory of their daughter who was stillborn in 2009. Cheryl features in the final episode of a podcast series released to mark Baby Loss Awareness Week. It just struck a bell because when I gave birth to my twin daughters, One of them wasn't breathing. And had there not been a special care baby unit there, she may not have survived. It just touched me. I could have been David and Joe. I could have been one of the statistics, you know. And also, I loved the fact that it was a small charity, but they were putting so much heart into it, which with the bigger charities, sometimes you kind of get lost and you know that a lot of the money is going on, you know, expensive buildings and paying loads of wages and things. And so I kind of favour the smaller charities as well. And it was in Kent because, you know, I live in Kent. And, and they asked me to go along and present a wedding dress show that they were doing at Leeds Castle. And so that was how I got involved all those years ago. And I was they were lovely, absolutely lovely. Uh, the, the whole family were lovely and uh, everyone involved. And so they asked me to do other things for them. And I said, very happily, yes, I would help. And so that's how I got to be vice president. And as you say, you've been very, very involved in the charity from that day onwards. And many people may have seen you on television taking part in various shows, trying to raise an awful lot of money. You've done superbly in how much money you've raised, haven't you? I think more importantly, I've raised awareness because I think that um, with such a tiny charity, you just need the word to get out so that people know the fantastic work that Abigail's Footsteps does and why it's there and why it's so important. Because I didn't, I was not aware of how many stillbirths there are every year. And, and, and it, it just opened your eyes. And, and like I said earlier, I could have been one of those statistics. I could have been that person that's baby is born asleep. So if I can do anything to help parents and grieving families to find it more comforting you know, because of the work that Abigail's Footsteps does with the cold cots, with the counselling, with the training for the midwives, with the bereavement suites that we supply. And it's not just in Kent, you know, it's it's nationwide. I'm really proud to be involved. You can hear more of Cheryl's story and that series in full by clicking on today's story at Kent Online or by heading to im-listening.co.uk. Kent Online Sport. Football and managerless Gillingham head to Walsall in League Two this weekend. Keith Millen will lead the side again after Neil Harris was sacked. Well, let's hear first from striker Tom Nichols. It's a hard place to go, Walsall away. Um, it's not easy. Um, so, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be going there with confidence after, I know we lost Tuesday, but we, we won the league game um, and we're up to third still. So, yeah, we're, we're going there to win the game. We've seen the unselfish side of you in recent games as well. You've been enjoying <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I just want the team to do well. So if, if someone's in a much better position than me to score, um, I just feel like as a player, you've, you've got to give them that chance. Um, the one here the other night, I could have shot, but Scotty can't miss from there. So like, that's 100% a goal I'd see it as, whereas my shot, I don't know what the percentage would be, but I think you've just got to put the team before yourself in those situations and, and get the goal. I'm sure they're quite grateful that you do as well. Yeah, like they they are very thankful, and, and as Johnny said, thank you to me again the other night. So yeah, it's a nice feeling when you can see how happy happy they get. But there's nothing better than scoring goals yourself. But when it's that'll be my time time to come, I'm sure. 
you've got the one and you usually get double figures in the season. Yep. Do you still think double figures is cheaper? For sure, yeah. Um, I don't know what it is. Notoriously, I, I tend to start slow in seasons, goal-scoring-wise. Um, and, yeah, unfortunately, I've, that's been the case again this season. But I, I feel like I'm contributing to the team still. Um, and I know it'll just be a matter of time before I start, start scoring again. Yeah, I think I've seen you've got one at Warsaw before as well. So there's every chance you get another one. Yeah, I have scored there before, actually, for, uh, for Crawley. So it's a nice little ground for me. Yeah. Is that genuine? No, serious. So, <laughs> so we scored the goal and I'm celebrating with my arms out. So she like smacks me, smacks me in the head. And I looked down, is that, is a, I thought it was a hot dog. Apparently it was a cheese pie. <laughs> On the floor in front of me, it's all in my hair. And I'm like, you'd expect it from the away fans, but not the home fans. So there it was, it was a great shot at the end of the day. Um, and it didn't hurt, so that's all good. The Jills are currently third in the table after a win over MK Dons last weekend, but they did lose to Portsmouth in the EFL Trophy midweek. Keith Millen has also been looking ahead to the match. I mean, I've been there loads of times, different teams. Um, good little stadium, can create a good atmosphere. So uh, their home form is not bad. They're, they're hard to beat at home. So I'm expecting them that they had a game Tuesday. They lost on penalties. I think they looked like they rested a few. So they'll be keen to get back to winning ways, certainly at home. So we've got to make sure we're ready for the, the, the battle, the fight, the tempo. Um, are they going to press high? We've got to be ready for all of that. And then hopefully as the game settles down, then you can start showing sort of your identity of what we're trying to do. And I mean, the boys are in, in good, good, good mood. I mean, I know the result was bad on Tuesday, it looks bad, um, but in the bigger picture, uh, there was a lot of positives from the last two games. Kick-off tomorrow is at three. You'll be able to follow the match action at Kent Online, plus we'll have reaction to the result in bulletins over on our sister radio station, KMFM, on Sunday morning and, indeed, in Monday's podcast. On to cricket now, and Daniel Bell Drummond has been named as the new captain of Kent. The 30-year-old has made 369 appearances for the county and scored more than 15,000 runs. Sam Billings will captain the T20 side next season. And rugby. Kent's Alex Mitchell will start at number nine and Ben Earl at eight for England in their quarterfinal at the World Cup this weekend. Coach Steve Borthwick's made two changes to the side that narrowly beat Samoa in the final group game. Marcus Smith starts at fullback with Elliot Daly returning to the first 15. They take on Fiji in France on Sunday and it's a four o'clock kickoff. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. Plus, you can get details of the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. And to sign up to that, you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk. Whilst you're on the site, don't forget to check out the latest review from our secret drinker and head to the What's On section for details on everything going on in the county over the next few days. Hope you have a good weekend. We'll be back with the podcast on Monday. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.